Do you ever hear people talk about their lives when they're in the middle of a difficult moment? How often do you share from inside the storm? In our world, we all love a before and after story, an underdog story where our hero finally comes out on top. But don't we deserve to be heroes right now in whatever moment we're in, even if it's hard? It's so deeply important to recognize the glory, the blessing, and the story of this present moment, even if it's really difficult. And today's guest is an incredible example of speaking from where you are, even if it feels like the middle of your story, and how to love yourself on your journey. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. This show is meant to give you tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. Today's guest is Bianca Lynn. She's a certified life coach, podcaster, and media executive. Bianca has worked in the media industry for over 10 years with expertise in audio, video, and event production and storytelling at companies like VH1, Complex, and Spotify. Some of her favorite projects include a documentary she did with ASAP Ferg, working on the team that launched ComplexCon, and creating the viral ASMR sensation show Mind Massage for Fuse TV. I wanted to have Bianca on Unleash because I have been really inspired by the way she's shown up on her podcast and social media as she works through a really challenging life transition. Last year, she was laid off unexpectedly from her dream job, and she's been really honest about the difficulty of the situation and the way she's learned to love and rebuild herself through this time. People so rarely speak about the painful times in their lives until they've already gotten through to whatever the after is. And I really believe we need more brave people who will speak up during these times. Otherwise, we're all going to feel alone because the truth is every single one of us is in the midst of some kind of storm. And if we spoke about it more courageously and honestly, we would have more support and we'd probably move through it more quickly because we could all help each other. And I will also mention that Bianca and I knew each other prior to this. We met speaking on a women in media panel. So we're very friendly. And this episode is really more of a heart-to-heart -heart chat than the typical interview I do. Let me know if you like the style. I personally loved every second, and I really feel like you will too. From today's chat, you'll learn how to love yourself through difficult times, how to begin to reinvent yourself, and the power of speaking from where you are. Okay, now here she is, Bianca Lynn. So Bianca, I'm so happy to have you on Unleash Your Inner Creative. You have an incredible story. We met, I think, two and a half years ago now. We were speaking on a panel together on an online event, and I was just blown away by you and your experiences and your eloquence. And yeah, I'm just super excited to have you here. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is like my first time being a guest on a podcast. I'm usually the one asking people to be on. So it feels really cool to be on the other side. Ooh, I love that. Well, good news for you. I feel like every time I've had somebody as a first time guest, they start getting tons of guest appearances after that. So I'm wishing you good juju that you yes, manifest. I'm catching it. Yes, a lot of the guest appearances. But I mean, why I wanted to have you on beyond just thinking you're an amazing woman is you've been so open about your story, which is so many American story right now, and that you were building this and you still are building this media mogul career, but very much in the corporate world. And last year you got laid off. And so can you take me to the journey you were on and then the layoff moment? Yeah, sure. So I was working at Spotify, which was a dream job. Like so many people would love to work there at the major like tech companies. And my job was to do programming, music programming for Spotify Live, which was an additional product that they had where we would do live interviews, concerts, just live program, live talk. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a dream because of the way that my career had been going prior to being at Spotify. I was working at a company where we were doing live streaming content. So I'm like, 
this is amazing. I just love the way that everything is unfolding. And then I want to say a year into that, Spotify had decided that they no longer wanted to invest in that product and they moved me to a different team where I was focusing on working with publishers that have really popular podcasts. But because they already had popular podcasts and they were a publisher, they didn't really have a creative need. So I would really kind of just be more of like customer service. Do you know about these new features or are you trying this? Or they may hit me up and say, oh, we had issues putting this on the platform. And then my job was to kind of like make a ticket to another department to kind of fix that. So that was really, really hard for me. That was last January. And I was struggling because I had never experienced being at a company where I'm like in my career that I wasn't doing anything creative. And so I never even thought that would even be a thing. Like you applied for jobs, you know what you want to do, you do the work. So it was actually then where I was struggling and then also being like, okay, well, this is the job market. In January, when I was really put into that new team, it was right after Spotify had did layoffs. So I was shook up like, okay, the first round of layoffs. So I'm like, uh, okay, I need to stick with this. I have to make this work. Let me see if there are opportunities internally that I can volunteer or like, what can I do on the side that can satisfy that creative need while I still have this job security? And that's what actually started me to do my podcast, Walk It Like I Talk It. It's an affirmations podcast. I started that in February. It's about to be a year. Aw, little baby. It's yes, growing up. Baby. <laughs> I know. And that was just like, I just need to get something out. I didn't really care about how it sound. I didn't have a podcast cover. I had no assets. I was just like, I need to create something. I need to put something out. And um, I was doing that and I thought, okay, I like found a solution to this issue that I was having of not being creative and not doing anything with my life. And I saw an opportunity to volunteer internally at the company. And I'm like, okay, I can still be here. I can still make the impact that I want. And then I got laid off and I was like, oh my gosh. And it was like, Three days after I had put out my second podcast, um, What's Mine is Mine, an interview series. So I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm grateful that I have these creative things that I've decided to kind of put out. And then I felt some pressure because after you make a layoff announcement, everyone's like looking at you. So I'm like, okay, people are watching me since I said I lost my job and I've been talking about these little podcasts. I'm just going to like keep doing it. And that's kind of. Like where I started, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to share this information. People say that they're laid off. People encourage others. And I just continue to lean on that. Not that it's made like a huge impact yet, but there's a lot of people who have reached out and they're like, thank you so much for sharing these affirmations because it really is a hard time. And that makes me nervous of being so vulnerable, but- I really don't have anything else to do. Like I try my best. I apply to jobs. I do all this stuff. But if I want to like put out content, well, this is what's on my mind. Like I can't fake the funk of, oh, I'm having a great time. Like, no, I'm having a hard time this week. So here you go. Well, yeah. And unfortunately, so many people in our country are going through the exact same thing as you. I mean, media has been slashed relentlessly for the past year and a half. And so you being vulnerable is actually what drew me to you. Like if you were just killing it at Spotify, I wouldn't have wanted to have you on the podcast because like there's a lot of people who are killing it. There's not many people who from the middle of the storm will report on what it really looks like when you're in the eye of the storm. That takes bravery. That takes courage. Our world doesn't love a story that doesn't have the conclusion yet. Yet almost all of us are in the middle of one or many of those. So to me, the interesting thing and the thing that makes me admire you is that you're willing to speak about your life and tell the truth of your life from inside the eye of the storm. Yeah, well, I really appreciate that. Thank you for for saying that, because when you are in the middle, it's really tough to see that. I mean, I've worked for a really amazing companies and I've put out content that would get millions of views in like the first five minutes. And so to now be sharing my content, like I had mentioned when I first started my affirmations podcast, I didn't even really care about how it sounded. It was about the creative, you know, like output. But then once that's all that I was doing, then I'm like, damn, I 
don't know how this is really going to sound. I'm so used to working in studios and having a full team and a graphics designer. Like, I'm not a graphics person. I will just put a color and some text and I'm like, okay, here we go. And then having to take photos myself and trying to, because the world is so video, trying to make sure that I'm recording it. I'm not an editor. So I think about these things all the time and especially because I'm coming up on a year with one podcast. It's February, nine months without being employed. I look at the algorithm. I look at my analytics. I don't really see all the things that I would have been looking for while I was working at companies to be like, oh, this is a creator that I want to bring on or, you know, I want to give this person a brand deal. So having that industry insight, but then having to work with what I have and trying being consistent but not seeing the dial turn that's really really hard but then it's like what else am I really supposed to do I can only do so much I can apply to all the jobs I can reach out to all my contacts I can look at jobs that aren't necessarily in my industry I can make my content and I just have to wait and it's a struggle I'm like am I really as good as I thought I was when I was working at these companies and is this really what I'm supposed to be doing I have no idea Is now the time to pivot? Like the questions come all the time. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're doing the right thing because you're actually sitting there with the discomfort and attempting to move through the uncomfortable questions. But so many things come to my mind when we're having this conversation. I mean, one of them is since you have sat on the other side and been part of these huge media companies, worked with talent that has, you know, millions of followers But you're the same person that was like putting the creative vision behind them as you are behind yourself. I have so many indie creators that listen to this. And do you think that the biggest thing that stands in our way is literally money and resources? Like what is the difference between what you were doing for other people and what you're doing for yourself other than that? It's definitely the money and the resources. Like for sure. But one thing that I have been telling myself lately, especially being in Los Angeles, I'm at the place where people were discovered. You know, back in the day, not even 12, 15 years ago, before Instagram was even a thing, you were yourself, you were at the right place at the right time talking to the right person and you got put on. Like, it didn't matter. I think about progressive flow, like yeah. progressive girl, like flow. She maybe had like a few what movie I think I saw her in 51st Dates like there was like some random movie that I saw her in and then she just became Flo and like look how long she's been Flo like commercial work and now you're like the face of the whole company so I think about those things in terms of fuck the numbers fuck the follower count this is where I'm at that energy still exists it was created here so I don't think that the energy died it just may be a little bit more of a challenge but I'm really just trying to to get out of that mindset if it's making me happy then hopefully it makes other people happy and I think because of how much money goes into like the influencer world and and just having like that follower and you really see how much it doesn't translate into people actually purchasing your work listening oh, yeah. to the things Some of the smallest creators I know make the most money. I mean, I know somebody who has like, I think she has like 8,000 or 9,000 followers, which is nothing to scoff at. Like, it's nice. But she converts more than some of the people I know who have millions, like 2 million Instagram followers. And she sells these courses. I mean, she literally sold a course for $300 and she told everyone in the course she had 200 people in it. So she made like 60 grand in three days. And she has 8,000 followers. So it's like, if you have the right product and the right kind of conversion and the right kind of following, it doesn't really matter how many people you have. It really only matters how many people convert. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keeping that in mind is definitely a driver and an encourager. Of course, again, going back to the analytics and looking at the things, I'm like, damn, this was something I was so excited about creating and it's just not hitting. I do know that some things take time, but I've been also trying to be like, honestly, I'm the one that's watching my content like all the time. If I like this, like this is okay. Because then we 
are on social media and we hear just the example that you just brought up. Now, I don't want to think like, damn, I never was really thinking about courses. Well, that's how she made money. Now I have to like pivot and make that to be, you know, my strategy because I, I feel desperate. I need money and all of those things. So I've been trying to balance that as well. Like, you know, Bianca, I feel satisfied. You feel satisfied with what it is that you created, what you did. You can look back on this day and smile being by myself in this. Like I, my family's on the East Coast. I live alone. I have a lot of alone time. So if at the end of the day, this is the only day that we have the present moment, if that was enough and I feel good, then I'm like, okay, I did what I was supposed to do for the day. 100%. I'll tell you the truth. That woman that I'm telling you about, she changed her mantra from like, I have to work hard to make money to what if the more fun I have, the more money I make? But she started it by asking the question, what if it's not so hard to make money? Because it's too hard to change your thought from if I don't work really hard, if I don't work for a big company, if I don't do all these things, a very constrictive thought to what if the more fun I have, the more money I make? So she did it in steps. And so I think you have the right idea. I mean, you have to be making things from a place of joy and then the right people are going to find you and buy into your offerings. But circling back to this layoff moment, what happens during and right after that? And how do you pull yourself out of it? Because like we're saying, so many people have been going through that this year. And I think we need to give people some tools to just get them through that moment. So right before I had got laid off, I had actually went on a solo vacation to Barbados. I don't know what it was, but something was like, just go on this vacation. Like personally, a goal of mine is to do wellness retreats. And so I had been kind of thinking about that. And then I got this email and it was like Barbados, home of this, you know, exclusive world renowned wellness center. And I'm like, oh, that's a sign. I got to go to Barbados. Like, so I went and I just did it up. I'm like, I'm not going to tell myself no to any of these experiences. You really deserve it. So I go on the way back. I stop in New York, New Jersey, because, you know, I've mentioned that's where I'm from to see my family. And then like two weeks after I got laid off. So it was like I flew back to L.A. And then Monday, the next day, I had got laid off. And my boss, like my whole team, everybody knew what at least my travel plans and like, you know, where I was in the world. And so at that moment, I was just like, what the fuck? Why did I feel like I had this insight to go to Barbados and spend all of this money? I have no idea what I'm going to do now. Like I I knew what the job market was because I had been, I spent so much time on LinkedIn and I know so many people all the time that were losing their jobs and asking me, how do you get into Spotify or do you think Spotify is doing anything? Because once you see that certain companies start to do layoffs and you start to think about your own, like, okay, well, even if we had a good year for the investors or just for like the landscape of, you know, the economy or this industry, all companies have to do some layoffs because you don't want to be like the one company that is just doing so well and you're not impacted. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, I thought I was like on a good team. I had heard, of course, like companies internally right before they lay you off, they always tell you like, we're doing so great. You don't have to worry about anything like lowering your defenses. Right before I had got laid off, like in the two weeks that I was on the East Coast, I found this volunteer opportunity to help bring like audio equipment or opportunities to HBCUs. So Mm. I went to a historically black college university, Hampton University. And so that was really exciting to me to be able to possibly build a state of the art studio at a college campus and give these students those resources. Because a lot of times, a lot of stuff is old. Like we were like, okay, we need updates to this stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is really exciting to be able to do that. They had like this whole volunteer portal. So I went through the portal. I found this volunteer opportunity. It would be sometimes additional hours to your workday or depending on how you can manage your work schedule, you can like fit some hours in whatever it is that you're doing. And so I told my boss about it and his response was, do you like your job? Like, do you want to be here? And I was very surprised because this was a volunteer thing that Spotify had encouraged all of the employees to utilize like this portal. So if there was something that excited you, apply to it. And so 
he was like, well, this is taking up, this is like a part-time job. Like, absolutely not. Like, I need to know, like, do you want to be here? Like, do you like your job? And again, all I did was just go through the portal. I didn't say I can give 20 hours a week. Like, this is all what was already established and pre-approved. And it was through them. It was through It wasn't like you were going outside the organization and being like, and by the way, even if you were, you have every right to do that. As long as you're getting your job done and you're performing well, I don't get this small-minded mentality. I was so shocked because like everything that you just said, I'm like, what? Where is this coming from? So after that meeting, I just bursted out into tears. Like I cried. Even actually when I got back to the United States from our Barbados, I landed in Florida. As soon as I got the plane, I started crying and I'm like, whoa, why am I crying? But then I'm like, maybe it's because I'm in Florida. Like <laughs> Florida, is a, <laughs> it's a tearful place. You never know what you're going to get in Florida. But like a lot of times my body really prepares me or like shows me what's going to come before I even like my mind can catch up. So after that call, I just immediately started crying. I was so scared. I'm like, why did I bring this up? But God, I thought that I was finding a solution to wanting to feel like more impactful to do something creative because I was still like, do I need to be doing this affirmations podcast? Like, I don't know. Like, this is fun. Like, here's something that I can actually just do all the time, like at work. I was immediately thinking about that once I got laid off, like, oh, I should have never opened up my mouth. I should have never inquired about the volunteering opportunities that they had within the company. Like somehow this is my fault. That's just like where I had immediately went. But then I was just kind of like, okay, we'll breathe. I know that everything happens for a reason. I know that all of this is going on across industries. So then I started to have conversations with myself to make it known and obvious that it wasn't my fault that I didn't do anything wrong because that is really tricky especially having being a black woman um, navigating corporate ladders there's a lot of times when you're the lonely only there's a lot of times when you're faced with microaggressions when people have no problem making you be the angry black woman and like don't get me wrong yeah sometimes I'm angry but it's not because I'm a black woman it's because this is some bullshit like what what are we doing here this is not effective you know this is not efficient what is this process what are you talking about where's the timeline like work things not because of my race and my sex so The first couple weeks, I was really gentle with myself in terms of that. I had to just do real positive self-talk. That was every single day. I cried. I was terrified. I made the most money that I ever made at Spotify. I have financial responsibilities. My family depends on me. So immediately I thought about that, just not growing up with like the most financial resources or financial literacy. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I never going to make money again? My savings, I saved up a lot of money that I wanted to use as an investment. I never thought that I would be using this money for like the struggle. And I still have those conversations with myself like this isn't your fault, even applying to jobs and not hearing anything back. Like I've only had one interview and the ego is like, damn, but I worked at Spotify. I worked at VH1. I worked at Complex. I worked at Fuse. You're not calling me back. I can't even get an informational meeting. So just consistently doing that and giving myself some space of like to breathe. Yeah. That's immediately what I did. And then I also, with the time, this new time that I had, I made sure to put something every week in my schedule that was for me to have fun, to just enjoy this time to be. And then um, I have a life coach. I've had her for four years. I don't necessarily need to talk to her every month or every week. But once I got laid off, oh, we were back on that regular cadence. I'm like, girl, we need to talk. I need to figure out, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I need to talk and of course talking with my therapist, but the life coach, she came in and really helped me to be like, okay, what are your interests? What are things that make you happy? What can you do now? So that's just kind of what I've been doing. Bianca, so much to break down from that. And thank you for sharing so bravely. You know, one thing I was thinking about is how incredible black entrepreneurship has been in this country because of the ingenuity of black people, but also because of necessity, because in these corporate places, there either wasn't space for people of color, or if they were in there, they had to constrict to the point where they couldn't be themselves. They couldn't share in the way they wanted to. I know you're still considering going into another workplace, which would be great. And you would be incredible there. But as you've been going toward entrepreneurship, do you feel any of that power 
like coming through you? Yeah. I won't say power just yet. Yeah. I think once I really start to bring in the money, then I'm like, oh, yeah. But one thing that I have been able to do, I want to say recently was having this conversation with myself like, I've been praying and working hard for a job. Should I be praying for a job or should I be praying for income? Because, yes, I'd like to do my podcast and, and create this content and even life coaching. I had been thinking, okay, maybe I don't need to apply to jobs that had me on that trajectory. Maybe I don't need to be the head of this team or the director. Maybe I can be a manager or, you know, something that's not too high so that I have enough time to have a good work-life balance to do my things on the side. So having those conversations, but again, continuing to like hit this wall and not figure that out, I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So then with that, though, thinking about the finances and like I was saying, being on the other side, knowing the follower count that I need, engagement, all of those things that I'm not at that level yet, then I start to freak out and I'm like, okay, well, let's go back to thinking about a job. Let's go back to the job boards. But then I stop myself like, okay, I need to do something differently because this thought of job versus income is intrusive. It's not going anywhere. Now, what are the pros and cons? I looked at my journal. I love journaling. I've been journaling every year since I turned 20 consistently. I'm like, oh, I want to document my 20s and now I'm in my 30s and I just love it. So I go back to last year in January and all the things that I was primarily complaining about, not being creative, working with some interesting personalities. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> you know, not being able to tell stories authentically or, you know, like you were saying, kind of like curbing myself. Mm -hmm. Those are things that were really like for months. That's all I was writing about. And those aren't things that I am experiencing now. So I'm like, hmm, okay, so here's more of reasons to why in terms of just overall, I'm feeling maybe I want a job for that security. But when I look at the values and the things that are making me actually cry and be like, oh, I, I don't like this, I'm in a different space now. So I'm like, you know, more on that path of being happier. So yes, I feel empowered to continue to walk down this path even though I can't really see the path, it's still very dark. And I have these moments of like you reaching out to me and saying, oh, I want you to be on my podcast. And even some of the things that you're saying to me now, like these are like little tea light candles, still small lights on the path of like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Whereas everything else was completely dark. Like that's just dark. That door's closed. That tunnel is closed. If that makes sense. I hope that answers makes your so question. much sense. So I don't want to discount the realities of finances. Like we live in a crazy expensive place. It's very difficult being away from family. Very difficult, especially if you know, you're helping them out another layer. So I don't want to discount that at all. And I think you're very, you know, you're a smart businesswoman to think about that piece. But I also think that because we live in this place and in also in the society that is so money focused, money and also power focused, we look at that as the only marker that we're actually making progress. I just want to reflect back to you that I think you're more successful than ever right now because you're actually going toward yourself. You're going toward your inner knowing. You're going toward your voice. You're going toward something and making bold steps toward your own happiness and I really believe the money's going to follow. And I've seen this happen with a few of my friends. One of my best friends, she was working for Native Instruments in 2018, had her dream job, was loving it. And they ended up laying off, I don't know how much, I want to say like 30% of the company and she got laid off. And she searched, I'm not kidding you, Bianca, for like a year and a half, two years for a job. And finally, she's just like, you know what? I have to do this. Like I have to do entrepreneurship. But she never would have done it. She was happy in a corporate environment. And within a year, year and a half, she was making, I think, as much as what she made there. And then a year later, she was making like double. Nice. I don't think she ever would have done it had she not been like forced into it. Mm -hmm. But the way I saw it expand her and the way I saw it also expand her income was kind of unbelievable. And now I really do believe when somebody's in a situation like this and when you do, it's not like you don't feel pulled to do other things. You do, you're doing them. I think God's trying to tell you something that you have it in you. Maybe 
you've been making all these companies look good this whole time and you've done an amazing job of it and you could keep doing that forever. But what if you're meant to take that light you've been shining on other people and shine it on yourself? That has definitely been a conversation I've been having with myself, especially when I decided to become a life coach. Being that I have a life coach already, like I mentioned, I understood. I'm like, okay, this works. Like, She's helped me through a lot of things, not just figuring out what I want to do right now, but also when I lost my dog and going through breakups and transitioning to different jobs. So I was just like, I really enjoyed this. And with the type of content that I've been putting out, a lot of people were reaching out to me like, how are you staying so positive and how do you deal with these like tough feelings? So even though I've always loved life coaching and I did think about that in the past, like you said, if it wasn't for these things, I would not have explored it if I didn't have this time. And what's also so crazy is that in the beginning of Last year, I was thinking, mm, 2023 is really giving 2020 part two. Mm. Back in 2020, I would think about, I lost a lot of weight. Like I exercised all the time. I didn't necessarily need to, but that was like what I spent a lot of my time doing. And I remember in like 2021, when I was working at that job where we were live streaming, and I had to be back in the office. I was like, damn, I did not really spend 2020 that effectively. Like I could have like done content and been more useful of my time. So in hindsight to be like, oh, 2023 felt like 2020 part two. Here I am with all this time. And I felt like I utilized it more effectively, not just for 2020 where I was, it was solo for me and my body. And this was for me and just like sharing with like a community. So I definitely am like, okay, I know that it's for a purpose. And while I do think about the finances, I have been pretty calm about it all. Like right now I am feeling very nervous because my unemployment's about to be out. And I'm just like, okay, like it's very expensive. I'm going to like run through my savings and I don't want to move back to the East Coast. I don't think it'll be good for my mental health right now. But when you're in that like final stage and when it's like shit is really hitting the fan, that's when God comes through or the opportunity comes through. So I'm also kind of like I'm excited about (laughs) kind of being here. I'm like, okay, this means God, the boy's coming. He's coming. So (laughs) it's true, though. Like, okay, this is what I call the creative crossroad moment. So it's something I've seen a lot on the podcast. I've interviewed over 250 people. And every time somebody has a decision, like they can either keep going toward their dream, they're down and out. Everything's saying like, turn around, give it up, go towards something else. So they can either keep going toward their dream and do it in a different way and double down, or they can go on the safer route and like go back to their job, whatever it is. Whenever they pick the dream and they just approach it in a different way and double down on it. They always have the most success, but it is always, and I heard you talk about this on your podcast, always in the most down and out moment that it's like, if you can, as Kim Gravel says, faith it till you make it, suddenly the blessing does come through. But it's almost like, I think it's God's test to be like, you sure you really want this? You sure you're really ready? You sure? Okay, I'm going to test you because I want to make sure you actually have what it takes to hack it through this difficult up-leveling. And then once you show that you do have that faith and you do have that fortitude, the door opens. Yeah, that's where I'm at because I was thinking about that just the other day. I'm like, okay, I'm coming up to a year. I don't know if people really, if this is even really resonating, maybe I should just stop. I'm not really being that creative. I have four video types that I do because I'm doing everything on my own. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't even know. Like, okay. I'd say that's more creative having four video types. (laughs) People are like, oh, are you going to do Patreon? Maybe you should do Patreon. But I'm like, if I'm only doing these four video types, what am I going to put on Patreon that people are going to subscribe to? And I, I have I an idea. Having, like all these thoughts. What if you did group coaching on Patreon? I have been thinking about, well, okay. Yeah. The group stuff and I want to do some in-person events. But what I will say with the coaching, even though I share a lot of vulnerability and people ask me questions, that I'm just trying to figure out how can I get people to actually want to take on the coaching because there I don't mind doing it for free but I do need to figure out some income so look excuse me that could totally be an option I am getting my one sheet together and I wanted to reach out to all the people who do reach out to me and just kind of see at this point I just got to keep trying but yeah 
Thank you for that idea. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, of course. I was seeing that for you. I also am seeing like, okay, you helped all these other people make viral videos. Like, why don't you just reach out to either creators or companies as yourself, like as whatever your own company is and say, Hey, I did this for Fuse, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. I'm a freelancer. Would you like me to help you figure out your video content or whatever it is? Because I feel like companies aren't investing in full-time employees as much as they are in freelancers. And then also like you get to build your own agency at the same time. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well, but more so on the creator side. I'm like, I'm done with companies. Also too, yeah, I so get like it. Nine months. I'm like, forget them. There are good companies out there. I just think they can lose their original thread of what made them great really quickly. When they start to get too big, it's really easy to lose that thesis statement. And so when you work with like an individual or a small business or like even a medium sized business, I think the thread of what made them great in the first place is closer to the front. But yeah, I see that for you. I see you, but I see you keeping it with you. Like I don't see you giving it away to one place. I see you sharing it with like many. Yeah, I definitely would love to do that. In my dream world, my actual title is a professional encourager because I feel like in that way, I can do all the things that I like to do. I can make my content and encourage people through affirmations or just sharing people's stories about their careers. I can do my wellness retreats and encourage people to be a human being and not a human doing. I can help you with your content or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish and encourage you along the way. And I can also be a life coach. And with that, you have to encourage people to stay on track. What I love about life coaching is you're literally a mirror. I listen to you and I write down some things and I just reflect all the things that you say back to me. And that brings the ideas, that brings the inspiration, that reminds you of who you are, that helps boost the self-esteem because so often we don't know and you, you just like don't pay attention because you're in the middle, your head's down. You don't, you know, realize, oh wait, I'm actually doing a great job or I do have these great ideas and I am that girl. So yeah. that would be my goal, a professional encourager. I love that so much. I see that for you. I really do. You know, you've mentioned your faith a bunch of times. How do you keep the faith when you're in the middle of one of those freak out moments? Like, what do you do? Well, I'm really big on reflection. And so at the very least, I have this jar. It's called the Blessings Jar. It's pretty empty now because it's February, but I fill it up throughout the year. And what I do, it could be anything. It could be Lauren asked me to be on her podcast or I got like $10 off on my groceries yesterday just by, you know, talking to the lady or whatever. And so I'll put them in there. So when I have difficult times, I'm able to visually see, like, look at all these blessings, like look at all the things that are actually working out for you or have worked out for you, whether it be, you know, this week, last month or whatever. So that definitely helps me. I'm always having conversations with God, like I'm always praying and journaling. But honestly, I think about it a lot. My thoughts have been morbid. I'm just like, I could die. Like, what if I just die? Like, okay. And if that is the case, then what am I doing in this day that is pleasing to myself or pleasing to God? And by pleasing to God, I feel more so of like, what's the impact? Are you helpful? Like, we're here for community. We're not here just to be doing everything on our own. So if it is sharing something, um, a story or giving someone a compliment or if I see someone hungry, stopping and giving them some food or it's a really hot day going and buying ice for like homeless people. Even though I don't have the things, I'm just like, okay, I feel like this satisfies my moral reason for being here. Yesterday's gone. Today's all we have. And then it's like, okay, well then like I could just pass away, even though it's like morbid because I want to live life. I don't think it's morbid. I actually think we all need to be thinking like that more. And you know what's weird, Bianca? I'm hearing a lot of thought leaders right now talk about how we need to develop a more intimate relationship with death. Because if we can do that, then we can live a life that has greater authenticity and integrity. And as I've been thinking about that, I'm like, God, I should just like do all the things. Like, what am I waiting for? If I died tomorrow, I want to feel like I lived a life that I put it all out as much as I could. Like whatever life is going to give back to me, I'm not in control of that. 
but I need to put out as much as I possibly can of who I am and do as much as I possibly can of like what I feel called to do so that I can live like it's my last day and like have peace in my heart and not fear death so deeply because we fear death because we're not living in accordance with our values. Yes. And I know that with social media, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, why do you put everything on social media? Like, why are you sharing everything? But for me right now, not having a family, I don't have children. Like I think about legacy a lot because it's like, damn, how many people are in this world? We only remember like five people's names. Like I know Michael Jackson, I know Beyonce, but there's so many people (laughs) outside of them who are amazing performers, who have amazing thoughts, who do amazing things, you know? So I think about that too. Like if this is what I can control right now, this content, and if I did pass away, this is just gonna live here. And so maybe someone will come across this and this is in a way like helping my legacy because I don't know. I I can't see the future. I don't know if I'll get married. I don't know if I'll have children in terms of legacy from that, you know, standpoint, this family name, or I create this foundation and this is the Bianca Hammond's house and Bianca's street you know like I don't that would be great to have but maybe I won't be able to do that so I also think about that in terms of the content and the stuff that I put out there it's like a scrapbook yeah and speaking of that you know one thing I really think about podcasts is I recommend everybody does one because I think it's a great self-expression tool and a great way to actually get to know yourself and build your courage toward your whole life how has doing these two podcasts help you get to know who you are? Hmm, That's a great question. I've always known that I am a consistent person. I can get onto a routine. I can like track. So the fact that I haven't missed a week, I knew that. But I think it's really showed me truly like what makes me happy. Like I think like just that term of like professional encourager. I'm like, oh, you know, I really love talking to people and hearing their stories and maybe this is boring to others. Maybe I'm asking the same questions, but I always get some kind of nugget. I always get something that encourages me. And even sometimes just putting people on my platform with what's mine is mine. A lot of times when we when we look at like Forbes list and like these, you know, billboards top and even with the Grammys, like we can have Beyonce, for example, the most winning Grammy artist who's never won album of the year. There's a lot of times when people of color, women, just minorities, we don't get the recognition. And so to be able to have my platform, I'm like, you know what, this is how I'm, I want to give you your flowers. Maybe it's not going to get you this crazy award, you know, like album of the year or a Webby award or Pulitzer Prize. But I just like for people to be seen. And mm. so that was really nice to do for others, especially in the moment in this season where I feel like I'm not seen in terms of applying to jobs or building a community and going viral and all the things that are not the only ways to be seen, but just like the programming from my career has kind of like put in my head. So it's been nice to be like, okay, Bianca, this is who you are. This is what your interests are. This is like the minimum of what it takes to make you happy. Like, okay, well, this is pretty easy for me to accomplish. (laughs) Hey, creative. If you love the show and it has meant a lot to you, could you do me a favor? Rate and review on Apple. Give it a review on Spotify. Share it with a friend. These things all make a major difference in a podcaster's life and in growing their show. And I really want to build up this community of creatives who love, trust, and know themselves and love, trust, and deeply know others. So if you could do that and share the show with someone you care about, that would mean so much. All right. I love you. Speaking of some of the things you've gone through in the past year, what do you think is the most important misconception about life and work that you've shed? And what is the most important lesson about life and work that you've learned? The most important misconception that I shed was that like, I am what I do. Mm. It's so much of what, like when you introduce yourself to people and like, oh, okay, like I'm Lauren, Lauren, tell us who you are, tell, you know, and you would be like, I'm a podcast, I'm a, I'm a la la la. And it's like, now I have to be like, I'm a fun loving 
silly, you know, serious, stern type of person. I, I've been able to kind of introduce myself in that way. Oh, and by the way, I am a life coach and I'm a podcast creator and and those things and kind of see where people want to take that conversation. So definitely that has been the thing and that I can only be successful around the same times that my peers are successful. Haven't had that mindset of like, we all are in school, right? So when it's high school graduation, everyone graduates together. We're all going to the next level together and everyone's getting all their awards together. You're the best this, you are that. And then college is the same thing. And then as you are in your career, then everyone starts to become, oh, you get promoted to manager. You get promoted to this because of all of those years. So I think that has been something to be like, oh, okay, like I deserve things or my story can pivot or I can still be awarded things just at a later time. That was definitely a lot of my identity was around work. Yeah. I always say to my listeners and friends and anyone who I can, who you are is the best thing about you. Like we've been sold such a lie that who we are is what we do, but who you are, who you are on the inside, outside of any accomplishment that is the best thing about you. Yeah, definitely. I also realized just how important it is to love and champion myself and like be there for myself, which is so crazy because I used to struggle with that. I used to be like, oh my gosh, I do everything alone. I'm tired of being independent. I want community and, and things along that line. In January last year, I said that I wanted to have a Bianca Lynn year because I thought that I was going to get the accolades and I was going to get a promotion and, oh, I had all these great ideas and we're going to do all this. You're going to see what I bring to Spotify and all that. But then to act, I actually had a Bianca Lynn year because I put out my podcast. I've been using this time to really build myself and be there for myself now holding myself to sleep feels different than it did in the past because it's I'm much more intentional about it and the victim mentality has changed so to be able to kind of be like all right how can I self-parent in this in this moment I know that this life is cyclical but like for the next time maybe it won't be so hard so that definitely has been great too like getting to know myself in this way I feel so much more confident about more relationships or who I will be, whatever table I, you know, sit at, whether it be for a company or myself or helping others. It wasn't a complete downer. Yeah. There were some positives. Yeah, you've learned a lot. I wonder if you would share some of that wisdom for somebody who's in a similar situation. If somebody finds themselves in a moment of great life transition, what would be your advice to them? Take it slow. Just sit down and breathe. Look at each day. It's a new day. You don't have to immediately feel like you have to solve all of the problems because it's heavy. When something is heavy on you, you feel like you need all your strength. You know, like I got to get it all off me. And that's true. But sometimes you just got to kind of sit there and feel like how heavy is this? Is Where's there an advantage point? What is it that I really need to do? I may have the physical strength, but my mind is telling me I can't get this off of me and, you know, there's no hope. So definitely just breathe. You have one day at a time and do small goals, small steps. Everybody's situation is different, financial, where you live, economical, all of that stuff. But if there's one thing that you can do in each day, figure out what that is that helps you feel like you are still whoever it is that you said that you were prior to this life change. So if you are the boss, if you're efficient, if you're busy, if you're productive, what does that look like for you? And for me, if it's 30 minutes of working out, I feel like I've had a productive day. I did something. 30 minutes is not a lot of time, so, but I'm starting small. So then when I have those days where I actually went on a two hour walk and I did this and that, then the accomplishment feels so much greater because I'm like, oh, wow, I pushed myself. I did that because I set the bar small. Yeah. So just start small. You have time, breathe. And when you're able to kind of like relax, then you, you're able to see a little bit more of like the path or what next step you should take. Oh, I love that. You're a great coach. So speaking of that, how can people work with you and where can they find your work? Yes. Well, if you're interested in coaching, you can find me at 
www.coachbiancalyn.com. I'm just sticking with that Bianca Lynn branding. So I'm Coach Bianca Lynn. I'm Bianca Lynn. It's Bianca Lynn everywhere. And yeah, just reach out to me. Even if it you have questions, maybe you don't know what life coaching is. Maybe you're unsure. I'm always down to have a conversation before anything um, happens. But typically, we would have a meeting. We'll figure out what are some of your goals. And then we determine, oh, do you want to work together for six weeks, three months. I know I mentioned I had a life coach for four years. Sometimes people don't need that. It doesn't have to be that long. So like, I don't want people to be like, damn, like, I'm <laughs> signing up for forever. Like, no, <laughs> that's not the case. But yeah, you can find me on coachbiancalyn.com. You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. A lot of people start there as well because of some of the content that I'm sharing. Mm. So if I'm talking about like a career thing, a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm feeling this too. Like, where's your calendar? Can I talk to you about it? LinkedIn is like the best kept social media secret. You reach yeah. so many people who you aren't even in your network. It's amazing. Definitely check out Bianca. She's incredible. So final question, Bianca. I want you to feel into your dream. You're living your dream life. Like where are you one year from today? I am in a loft apartment. I'm in a loft and I'm sitting down at my computer I am looking at my week. I have at least five life coaching clients a week. I'm continuing to do my content. I maybe am consulting. We'll see if a year from now. So the Grammys will have been over. Oh my gosh, I would love to have a musician as a life coaching client like Cardi B, SZA. I will be your life coach. Because I do like music, so I'm like, how can I stay in that music world? Oh, I need to be a life coach to a musician. So I'm doing something like that, and I will be planning a wellness retreat. Ooh, I can't wait. All right. Yes. From your lips to God's ears, it's happening. Thank you so much for being here. I really admire you, love your warmth, your creativity, your courage, and just go forth. And everybody, if you're listening, work with Bianca. She's amazing. Thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate you reaching out to me. Also, just throughout this journey, commenting, liking, and supporting me along the way. Thank you so much. It, it means like the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like I mentioned, to feel like you're seen is just everything. So I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing on your podcast. And keep going, girl. Like you're the bomb. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm, when you said, I'm like, what? She's had all these other people on here. She wants to talk to little old me. Okay, I made it. So thank you. You're awesome. Well, no, it was my honor. And thank you for all your kind words. Your professional encourager reign begins. And I'm loving it. I love being on the receiving end. I hope everybody gets an opportunity. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thanks, Bianca. Thanks for listening and thanks to my guest, Bianca Lynn. For more info on Bianca, follow her at busy underscore Bianca and visit her website, coachbiancalyn.com. And check out her podcasts. She has two. One is Walk It Like I Talk It with Bianca Lynn and the other is What's Mine is Mine with Bianca Lynn. You can get them wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping edit and associate produce this episode. Follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thanks Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag the guests at busy underscore Bianca so she can share as well. My wish for you this week is that you have the courage to speak from where you are, whether that's just the beginning steps of your journey in the middle of a storm or in a time of victory, people need to hear your story. Start from where you are. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.